Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast, and it is presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app and the DraftKings DFS app. Yep, that was the big news I promised last week. We are now DraftKings, guys, and there's a lot of good reasons for that. I'll get into them a little bit later in the show. He is Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of Professional Football Gambling the Super Contest at the Westgate Casino. You can and should follow him on social media. He's at Fezzik Sports and only at Fezzik Sports on Twitter. I'm Ross Tucker at Ross Tucker NFL. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook have a bunch of different podcasts. Andrew Brandt was outstanding on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. You can follow along and know What's going to come up on every podcast? We're now previewing shows at Ross Tucker Pod and giving you the highlight of shows at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter and Instagram. That's also the first place where we post all of the shows so that you know they are available. So you can actually just get notifications on Twitter. And then when Brian posts a show at Ross Tucker Pod, you know. That it is ready. By the way, we're going to give you our stats over the last few years and a few weeks here. You're really going to like I mean, we, we've really done well betting NFL football on this show. And I think that's why we have so many listeners. I think that's why so many of you are so engaged because, you know, over time, not every week and not every whatever, but, you know, 2018, I think I was down nine units. But overall, done very well. On the show. So hopefully we can keep that up in 2020. So this is one of those funny things, Steve, where you kind of admire a guy from afar, his work on SportsCenter. Now he's the host of the Daily Wager on ESPN, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You can check him out on Twitter at Doug ESPN. And then only after the first time I talked to him, did I find out that he and I had something in common? And then to bring him on today's show, I said, hey, Steve, we're going to have this guy 
Doug Kazarian come on the show today. And he's like, I love Doug. So evidently, we're all friends here. We all know each other. His name is Doug Kazarian. Doug, is it Doug Kazarian or Kazarian? You know, it's a good question. I, I, I haven't quite figured it out over these years. But in all seriousness, either one goes. Um, it's kind of like a combination of both, to be honest. So it's you don't want to be too sharp on the ear, but it's not air either. So it's like kind of in between. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. That's it. I like that explanation. Um, so I'm going to take a step back first, bring in Steve and Steve, why do you love Doug? Like, I think I feel like we have to explain that before we dive into some of the stuff. Well, I love Doug because he is uniquely qualified to take the torch, if you will, from mainstream sports and discuss sports betting because unlike so many other so-called experts that have gotten into discussing sports betting, Doug really understood it when he was in Vegas and embraced it. So it's not something he has to bone up on. It's something that he has always done, in my opinion. Doug, wow. your, your, your uh, retort? <laughs> well, you, both of you with quite the introduction, so thanks to both of you. But um, that's very nice of Fezzik to do that, say that. Uh, yeah, no, look, I lived in Vegas for seven years, and when you are – the local sports guy in any market, you kind of want to go all in on like the local teams. Now, if you're in Portland, you have the two sports teams with the MLS and also the Blazers, San Antonio, you just got the Spurs. And then obviously the bigger cities, you have multiple sports. So you just got to go all in. Well, we, our local team was kind of UFC was starting to take off when I got there in 05 and sports betting was part of my kind of DNA to begin with. And then I just figured, like, that's our local team, if you will. So we need to cover it in a certain way that makes it sort of must-see TV. Because, you know, you know, we had minor leagues in Vegas, and obviously they've since added the Golden Knights and stuff. But it's just a different animal. Sports betting is the home team in Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world as well. So I, I just felt like there was a way to do it, and we can get really – do some fun coverage of it. So, Steve, uh, the the uh, point of commonality that Doug and I have is that I went to Princeton, and every night when Doug goes to bed, he cries because he didn't get accepted to Princeton. Um, so he he had to, he had to go to Brown instead. So that's what we have in common. <laughs> I'm just a Northwestern crab swimming with the Ivy um, Leaguers. But yeah, we overlapped the same, uh, basically the same years. I had uh, you know mutual friends through the football circle. So small world out there to come in full circle, as we discussed earlier. It's really fun to sort of be on the on this w- with you guys and just um, you know have a nice some brevity uh, in, in what's been a troubling couple stretch here. Yeah, good. W- well said, Doug. And um, so he actually, I don't even know if you know this, Steve, but. Doug played water polo at Brown, and in general, I love water polo dudes because I love the way they look. Like, they're usually tall with, like, they look like tight ends. Like, they're pretty jacked, and they got, you know, they got a V, which I like. I just like dudes that look awesome, and most water polo dudes look awesome, number one. Number two, they're kind of mean. Like, they have some mean to them, which I really like, too. They get a lot of the qualities that I appreciate in in the male species. Um, so I like water polo dudes. Here's my first betting question, Doug. Is there any are, are there opportunities to bet on water polo and 
if so, when do you do it? Are you like like have you, have you just been like cleaning up for years betting on water polo or what? <laughs> no, no. Look, it's like look, if we're talking if rushing ping pong's on the board, anything's on the board. So you might notice when you're on the internet, you'll like try to go look up an NHL line or something like that, and you'll see in the columns on the side that they actually occasionally do have water polo listed. I mean, sure, it's the slowest limits ever, but there are professional leagues, particularly in Italy and uh, some of the you know main countries that play it. But Olympics, I actually did make a bet in uh, 08, China, the host country, played the U.S., and they are catching like nine goals, and it was like the opening game. I'm like, this thing's going to be a nail-biter, and the U.S. barely won. But for the most part, no, I have not been seizing the betting markets of water polo. Like, like anything, it just takes, you know, just because you play something, you guys know this, right? It's a numbers game more than it's a player's game. And, you know, you got to, like, really understand it all rather than just, like, know the nuances of a sport. I have a water polo story. I had a friend on Northwestern's water polo team, and they were playing Ohio State on Saturday. And they, for whatever reason, they, were, they drove down to the meet. And they had some affiliation, the coach, with the University of Dayton. It's right on the way on I-70. And they said, you know what? Why don't we just stop by on Friday afternoon? We'll play a nice little exhibition with the Flyers before a game against Ohio State. And the way he described it, I still remember, Doug, apparently the, the pool is usually pretty cool when you play water polo. They cooked the pool. So it was a good, like, six degrees hotter than normal. And the way that my friend described this was that it was just an element that he was so unused to. Not only did they get blown out in the so-called exhibition at Dayton, but they were done for the game against Ohio State the next night. <laughs> Whatever it takes. It's like the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes visitors locker room, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's all sorts of crazy. You, you, it's funny. You guys mentioned, like, the resiliency of water polo players. I mean, look. It's a pretty vulnerable position, right? When you're because you can't stand on the bottom, you're you're kind of in the deep end. I'm going back to high school, like in college when I played, like I was pretty, you know, proficient swimmer at that point. But like you're in ninth grade, some guys are under. Like I was really undeveloped. I was small for my class, and you're in like you know you're wearing a speedo, and and later I would wear a mouthpiece, and that's it, right? And so you really don't. And you, the drowning was a concern sometimes. You're going against some big guys, but then you learn a lot about yourself. And then fortunately, I had a really uh, a successful coach and a dominant program I was able to glean from. But uh, it, it, it definitely, you know, like all of us, we've all been shaped by our own experiences. People listening, you guys, um, whether it be athletics or whatever, through our own lives. And that's a played a big role in just my development. And I think, honestly, doing that and committing to that and, and seeing it through, because I wasn't like a swimmer per se growing up, so I had to like learn that component to it, has helped me in my career just sort of chasing something and staying focused on on a on a on a goal in mind and as i sort of climbed the minor leagues of tv if you will and ultimately went to vegas then espn i think it's you know like i said we've all been shaped by past experiences from our life so doug let's get into sort of the current sports landscape not a whole lot of firm dates on the calendar but it does seem like the nhl the nba uh, coming in, in in late July, maybe we'll see what happens with baseball. I saw something this morning where somebody said ninety five to one hundred percent chance they'll figure it out and they'll play. When you when you read about the NBA's return to play plan, or what Gary Bettman and the NHL said, did you have an immediate 
reaction in terms of a betting angle? Did, did you have an initial thought about, wow, um, this format or this, I really like this team or I think this gives an advantage to these types of teams or anything like that? Well, I think it's, you take a step back, right? You assess the situation and you try to find reference points. Now we had the near lockout um, in the NBA about a decade ago. And so what did we learn then? It's obviously not quite apples to apples, but there's some parallels. Like maybe some guys are out of shape like then because it came to the 11th hour, whether or not they're going to season that year. I think it was 99, excuse me, 09, or maybe, sorry, 07. I don't know. I'm blanking on the year, but basically guys were out of shape because they weren't sure it was going to return. Now, I bet you we're going to have some of that this summer, especially because we learned that only a handful of players have the ability to work out. Like Durant's in a high rise in New York. You didn't really have the same gym and facility like LeBron. So a lot of players are in that in that boat. So I think there's something you try to like find a reference point or something where you can sort of glean a perspective. Now, that being said, you don't have to be the first guy in the window either, right? You can sort of let it play out. Now, obviously market moves and you miss opportunities, but you also miss a chance to kind of blow money. So I, I think there should always be ca- kind of a cautious approach. You certainly can have a hunch and we're all going to be aching to fire once uh, sports returns across the board. But I think you need to proceed with caution on a lot of this. Now, in terms of a handicap, I would imagine the teams that don't have sort of the legitimate championship aspirations, when you saw the Damian Lillard quote, even if technically they do go to that tournament or that venue and are playing eight regular season games or whatever it is, you wonder sort of the, I don't know, the aptitude or the ability of all these players, especially the stars. So I would think live wagering may be a good opportunity kind of get a feel for things if you have those type of instincts. But I, I, that's what I would, you know, my number one thing would be like, you don't have to be the first guy and you don't have to bet the first game. What about you, Steve? We talked about it a little bit last week, but just kind of piggybacking off of what Doug said. Yeah. in the NBA, I think Doug nailed it, that you got to look at the motivation for certain teams. So here's Portland that's been injured for most of the year. They get two starters back. And if there's a format that there's qualifying playoff rounds, I think Portland's a bet-on team. If they have a format where, hey, you, you guys are going to play six or eight more regular season games and it's almost impossible for them to get in, then they're a fade team. I think the one team I'd look to bet against, regardless, is Utah. I think Utah has a lot of things going against them. They lose one of the best home court advantages in the NBA because of the altitude. Um, obviously, you've got the whole Rudy Gobert, Mitchell, um, fragmented relationship, which started um, all the sports shutting down back in March. And you just had a situation where Bogdanovich, their number two scorer, who's been hurt all year long, but has been playing with uh, ligament in his thumb, elected voluntarily to have surgery. That tells me a lot about Utah. And the fact that Bogdanovich had that surgery before the season ended, I think Utah's ready. And effectively, their season's already ended. So they're a team I want no part of in the playoffs. So, I like that thought process. I mean, I think question. a couple things. Bogdanovich's decision told you all you need to know. And they had, they had already had trouble figuring things out. Like, I was very bullish on the Jazz, and it just didn't materialize. I thought Conley would be the right fit. Now he battled injuries. And they're working through some stuff. I mean, I think they they needed to figure some stuff out. But, I mean, obviously the Gobert-Mitchell uh, thing is was the, at the top of the list as well. I, I think that's a fair point. But I, it's just so tricky with the NBA because, you know, something we don't talk about nearly enough in the association are key numbers, right? We know about the NFL with three, four, six, and seven. And the NBA, it's, you know, five, six, and seven, those numbers. And so 
you know, some some of the sharpest books in the world will actually tax a half point buying one kind of like three and a half to three when you have to buy that. Very few do, but some of the sharpest ones do. So I just think like the great equalizer is the point spread. Now, there's other ways around that. You can do series prices, um, maybe a yes, no, if some books put that up. But it's just so tough when you have those key numbers in that strike zone of so many NBA uh, final 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 scores landing in that landing in that area. So I just want to point something out because we've got listeners that are in Australia and they've started playing, you know, contact rugby back down there in Australia. You know, we see what's going on with the Bundesliga, the Premier League coming up. I, I know every country is different, but don't you guys feel like especially with this thought of maybe another way, it just feels like on some level, and I, and I know that they can only do so much and they want to get the guys training again, but it just feels like to me the NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, they're all missing out on a pretty big opportunity here in June and July, not starting this stuff until then. And I don't know what the doctors are saying or the science behind it, but it just seems to me looking at, things globally that I don't know Doug what your thoughts are but it just seems like I mean I would try to have as little of my stuff in during football season as possible if I were all three of those sports no it's a fair point in a vacuum right in a perfect outcome but and and we as human beings tend to assume the best outcome when assessing like sort of decision tree if you will and the problem is we just don't know like we don't have the data uh, in terms of the, the pandemic. And also, like, let's remember, as, as Steve pointed out, the Gobert-Donovan Mitchell thing. Both guys were, Mitchell played, Gobert wanted to play, right? He was, they were going to, if he didn't, if the test didn't come back positive, he was going to play. Now, because we've since learned about asymptomatic carriers, things like that. So we have no idea what's going to happen uh, if there's going to be quarantine players. I mean, we may have a lot of excitement building to that opening, reopening night. But then, like, three days later, have it shut down. Like, I don't know. I mean, things seem to be going just fine with soccer. But when you factor in the players' unions, uh, I just think everyone sort of has a different goal. You mentioned it seems like an obvious idea to sort of seize the opportunity, right, of this bear sports market right now. But is that top on the list of players? Probably not. Is that top on the list of the league? It's higher on the list, but maybe not number one, player safety, right? So in the, in, in this, when there's so many sort of – different preferences and priorities that's what's happening with the missed opportunity i don't think that's like the fans getting sort of that itch scratched this summer is number one i think there's a big difference between the nba and the nhl the nhl has all these international players that they have to get back in the country and the nba's along with the nhl their season had almost concluded mlb i'm going to throw mlb under the bus here this is ridiculous in my eyes that they don't recognize they have an opportunity that the sports betting scene in America is vacant right now in July, and it's going to be saturated come August. For these guys to be arguing over money and not be able to come to agreement, and I'll be honest, I thought the owner's proposal where they came back and they were like, well, Mike Trout, you're going to make 22% of what you would have made, was just ridiculous. But I think equally ridiculous is the players coming back and said, you know what, we should get paid the same per game as what we were going to get paid back in January, basically the pro rata idea and proposing an 114 game season to not end until Thanksgiving. 
every fan wants baseball to start as soon as safely possible and have the season run through the end of September. That's about 82 games. I don't want any more proposals for 114 games. I don't want any proposals for 50 games. Guys, it's got to be 82 games. Let me settle it right now. Players, there's no revenue coming in at all from the gate, from the fans. You can't have what you were making per game. I understand that you thought you had some sort of an agreement. You got to take some um, haircut from that, some reduction, but it can't be 40% owners. So take what the players were getting per game and give them 80 to 85% of that. Play 82 games, boom, we'll have baseball July 4th. So here's my next question, um, Doug, because I've been checking out your Twitter handle. Um, and you had a couple of things I thought were interesting. So first, are you betting on the Russian table tennis, Doug? Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> so wait, wait, you gotta tell me, you gotta tell me about this. So I've tried to like, in a nutshell, capture sort of the excitement around it. It's basically blackjack for sports betting. You have what it does, I mean, and I only know the Russian Pro League in Moscow. There's there's Ukraine, there's Armenia, there's male, female, there's all these other leagues. But I focused on one. There's I'm going to say there's about nine groups, okay? And it's like nine groups of five players. So just think like the number A group or letter A group and then the worst, right? So the best guys have five. The next B group, second best, is five. And so each day they play like group play. So they, the five guys or four guys, sometimes one guy's off, they play each other. And then they do like a playoff after that, and then they're done. And then each group, so there's like three games going on every half hour, starting at midnight Eastern, going till like 7 p.m. So you have essentially 19 hours of, of ping pong. And they're every, they take about 15 minutes. And they're every half hour. It's just amazing. And then you start to learn. So there's actually situational handicapping. There's um, the kind of analysis of styles. Great, you know, all, all styles make fights. So you have some guys who play the dink game. Some guys who always go for the overhead smash, the spin game. So it's been, it's it's fun to watch. I like it. At least some of the and the best guys are the best, but the bad guys are pretty bad. You almost wonder if you can get a few points on them. And it's just I don't know. It's it's stimulating. And the nice thing is because it's on all day, you don't have to chase. You can fire a couple parlays or or fire a couple of straight wagers and just pick your spot. So I enjoy it. Um, is it football? Of course not. Is it basketball? No. But I actually genuinely enjoy it. Steve, I know you haven't gotten in on it because you don't know anything about it. Correct, but it sounds a lot to me like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with a blast poker tournament, but essentially it's a sit-and-go poker tournament where after six minutes, uh, the clock runs out and everyone's all in on every hand. And it sounds like that quick resolution aspect of it is appealing to a lot of gamblers that don't have to wait very long. I haven't figured out how to beat it. I will say this, Doug, I am jealous that you are on the East Coast now because some of the lines that are being put up in New Jersey are just crazy in terms of the product and the fantasy football aspects of over-unders on all the quarterbacks and wide receivers and running backs. I know a whole lot of people in Vegas are looking at that marketplace saying, wow, I wish I was in Jersey. Yeah, I know some pro bettors who live in Vegas who have flown out just for like a couple of days um, and done stuff and flown back. It's, it's cost-effective, according to them to get the prices that they want, the opportunity they want, just, you know, and then they fly on points or whatever and uh, get out of Dodge for a little bit. So there's uh, and it's only going to get better, right? I mean, we have, what is it, 18 states right now. And then with this sort of current economic climate slash uh, pandemic, 
I think local municipalities who maybe resisted it early on kind of don't have a choice now. So I actually think sports betting, again, just kind of speculating, but I think sports betting might benefit from the situation just because it might become, might be more like uh, politicians might have to like be more inclined to pass these certain laws on a, on, a, on a quicker timetable. And a huge game changer could be California and this, everything that's going on and the economy that may be something that will put sports betting um, more towards the front of the line in California. Yeah. So guys, um, while we're recording this, Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting that the NBA is inviting 22 teams to Orlando. They'll start July 31st. It's 13 Western Conference, 9 Eastern Conference, and they're going to play eight regular season games per team for playoff seeding. Um, what's your reaction to that, Doug, now that we know a little bit more about the format? Eight regular season games per team play in for the eight seeds. It feels right. I, I don't think you can have sort of scrimmages and then go playoff games. I think that's that feels right. I think there needs to be – there's nothing like game shape, things like that, and eight seems like the right number. Um, and I think as we think about this, remember, people go home, right? There's going to be a handful of teams that go home uh, after those eight games because they don't qualify for the playoffs. And then the next round, there's going to be a handful of teams that go home as well. So I think it could work. Um, I'm just – I think there needs to be a poli- – I'm very optimistic, but I'm cautiously optimistic. What's going to – do they going to test players before the games? What's going to happen? I mean, if we're looking at an NBA Finals game, whether it's Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi, whoever – you're telling me that they're going to test players if Kawhi is an asymptomatic carrier and, you know, and he tests positive, they're going to, like, sit him right before the game? I I need to – I'm curious about all this because it's almost like – and here's something I thought about. I'm going to talk about it on my podcast later. Like, is this become a situation where you can list players much like you list pitchers in a baseball bet? Like, can I list LeBron when I make a bet or do I – or otherwise we just wait right until, like, two minutes before tip-off? So – that's a that's a question I have. Can I list the entire starting lineup for the Lakers that they have to play or have to start uh, because of any unexpected curveballs? It's something well, to Doug, consider you know, you know this happens anyways in the NBA right now, so you can't list your players now. So I, I don't see that happening. One question, Ross, that's key: Are, Is every team going to still make a qualifying round of the playoffs? So that's um, a good question. Like we were worried about, like the yes nos of uh, the NBA, and I'm going to do a piece for ESPN.com for tomorrow. Uh, does this is this an expanded playoff or is it regular season? And then, like, how do you how do you clar- classify which teams a playoff team? Is that what you're asking? Well, I, I would expect that they they're all going to make a qualifying round, so they're all going to play more than eight games. I would think that they'll just you know seed based upon their records after those eight games. And if you're the worst team, then you become you know the number twenty two seed, depending. And and then there'll be play in games to get into other play-in games to face the eight seed, I would imagine. Yeah, so here's what, I, here's what I'm reading, guys. There's 16 current playoff teams. They've got uh, a bunch of teams that they're adding to it. They're going to play the eight regular season games. If the ninth seed is more than four games behind the eighth seed, number eight makes the playoffs. Fewer than four games behind there's a play-in for- tournament. The play-in format requires a double elimination format for the eighth seed. 
a single elimination for the ninth seed per sources. And guys, I'm starting to get a headache now. Now I'm like, now now they lost me a little bit there. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of like the last week of the regular season, right? The one one we're used to. And when there's um, fine print on a lot of trades and back when the Warriors had to lose to get in the top seven, things like that. Um, we you really sort of dictate who plays and what you you wonder sort of the the game theory and the scheming that can go on here. But the fun part is and it's kind of like what ping pong is. It's a clean slate for everyone. There was no one out there that was already a sharp in ping pong, right? It's just sort of and in this situation, there's going to be a lot of sort of fact finding <laughs> and sort of approaches that we haven't really seen anywhere else. Excellent stuff, Doug. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Steve, you're always awesome. Before I forget, though, guys, one of the last things I wanted to mention is how excited I am. I mentioned at the start of the show, but this new partnership with DraftKings, awesome. I know a lot of you already know them as the leader in daily fantasy sports, but they also have America's top-rated sportsbook app on my phone. DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting. And here's what I think is key. It's a legitimate sports book based right here in the U.S. So you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure. And UFC 250 is kicking off the June sports calendar with a bang. You can go to the DraftKings Sportsbook Put yourself in the center of the action with the sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Here's all you need to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code ROSS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That is right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Do not forget. Enter code ROSS and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match. Each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Said it before. I'll say it again. Make sure you check out Andrew Brandt on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. He was excellent. We will be back next week with my buddy Will Brinson here on the Even Money Podcast. Another guy that's really into sports betting. Really looking forward to that. Other than that, I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.